0: What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.
1: What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian.
0: Go behind the wheel and under the hood on everything automotive with high-speed stuff from howstuffworks.com.
2: Hey, Scott, how are you doing? Doing well, thank you, Ben. I have had, yet again, you know I'm a little bit impulsive, right? Uh, yeah, I know that. Okay, well, you know, we're, we're still friends nonetheless. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be kind of cool to live in my car. I know we did a podcast about this earlier, and please don't think I'm rehashing the same material, because what I was hoping we could talk about today... Wait, wait, wait. What? Is this a van down by the river? This, this is
3: not... Well... Not anymore that you brought it up in a <laughs> okay, way that sounds... I can see you. I can see you maybe wanting to live in a van down by the river, but um... no. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, didn't mean to. Van anyway. down by the river. Well, yeah, you know the. the God bless Chris Farley. Yeah, I know. Yeah,
2: I miss him. I, I, you know, I do want a van, and I love rivers. But before I go to that step, let's let's plan B that one. Let's consider that plan B because <laughs> okay. right now plan
3: A for me is RVs. Oh. First question, do you know what that stands for? I, I do, and that's a much better idea than you know, the van idea. Um, an RV is a recreational vehicle, and there's a lot of different types of these things. So we can talk about a few of those today if you want to. Um, you know, There's everything from the bus style all the way down to the little tiny kind that you pull behind your car. The fifth wheel kind. Yeah, fit well, even smaller than that. A lot oh, smaller okay. Than that. So uh, there's a ton of different variety, and you know, a lot of variety, I should say. And, um well, where do you want to start?
2: Okay. All right. This sounds this sounds like we can dig into this. Let's start with defining an RV. What makes an RV? What's the difference between an RV and a
3: car? Okay. Well, easy enough, I guess. Um, if you're talking about the big RVs that you drive. Yeah. Um, okay. That's where it gets a little confusing. There's about seven different classes here. So okay. um, if, you, if you want to talk about the ones that you drive, most people are familiar with this. They, they look like a bus, usually. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're great big, um, of course, on wheels. Um, <laughs> they they have uh, sleeping facilities. They have their own electricity. That, well, actually, they hook up to electricity. They have their own water. Uh, they have their own you know restrooms. They have kitchens, large screen TVs. They have everything. They're they're yeah. the big ones. Uh, you can take this all the way down to little pop up campers that you know you pull behind a um, a truck or something like that, or maybe even a car. Uh, it depends on what kind of car it is. But there's everything in between as well. And Um, You know, it just depends on how much you're willing to spend, how much uh, you're going to use it, I guess, and Mm -hmm. if this is going to replace your home, really, because I think for some people it replaces their home. Oh, yeah. The uh, practice I've heard is called snowbirding by some people.
2: It's Mm -hmm. uh, people who are camping enthusiasts or want to travel around uh, rather than live in one place, Mm -hmm. actually live in an RV.
3: Makes sense. They're uh, they're moving to suit the the weather to suit them, I guess. Is that right? Yes. Okay. I understand. Seems like a good idea, I guess. If you get to a certain age, retirement age, maybe, you know, you don't want that house up in, uh, I don't know, Massachusetts or something, where sure. you're, you're going to get a ton of snow, or Naples, um, Florida. Yeah, or somewhere. Naples, Florida, and it gets too hot in the summertime. You may want to, you know, head north for the wintertime uh, for months at a time, and it may just be more economical to take everything with you.
2: Sure, birds do it. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, I don't think they take everything with them on <laughs> that point. No, no, I
3: don't. Well, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, who knows? What? No. What, a, what a bird zone.
2: You know, I'm not an ornithologist, nor am I an economist, so I I couldn't say for sure. Mm -hmm. And actually, I don't even know what the seven types of RVs are. Okay, well, I I have
3: a list. I love a list. (laughs) We can talk about it as we go. I'll keep it short, but let's see. Let me just make sure there's seven. I think there's six, maybe, now that I look at it. But we'll, we'll get into it, okay? Class A, which is the big one, the big daddy. There's, um, gas or diesel, which are, and these are the bus style, you know, the RV of RV. Huge. Um, they're built on a specialty chassis, so they're not any other vehicle that's converted into an RV. They were, they're born as an RV. They are, Uh, they are from the manufacturer, from the factory, an RV. They're never anything but that. And these are the, the giant ones that you see. And these things, I'll tell you, they, they have, all the amenities that you would have at your house, and then more in most cases. Um, a lot of times, you know, people have RVs that are better equipped than their homes because they have so many features. They're so advanced, they're so, um, uh, I guess, well constructed and so um, so well thought out that, you know, everything is there. Flash green TVs, you know, sleeping quarters, the kitchen area. I'm mean, sure it might not be as large, you know, spacious as uh, your home may be, but it may be more plush. It's an apartment on wheels. It really is, yeah. For some people, if, I guess if you had an apartment, uh, this would be even bigger.
2: Yeah, I could see that because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people, when people, at least in the States, live in a house, a lot of times it's an older house. So mm-hmm. even if it's bigger than the, the RV they may own, if it's a Class A, the Class A probably has more amenities.
3: Yeah, it could be, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think in, in many cases that's true. Uh, the next one is uh, is Class B, of course. And really, this is a van conversion which um, you've probably seen these before. It's like a van that has like a, kind of like a bubble on top, really. It's nothing more than just a big van with um, a little extra space on top for maybe a bunk. Yes, or you know that you can stand up inside the van.. I've um, seen that. It's pretty simple really, but um, Class B is much smaller than Class A. Um, and again, that's a van that's been converted into something like this. Okay. Uh, uh, class C, that is a van or a truck cab uh, with a body that's built by an RV manufacturer. Now that's um, a little more rare. I don't know if you could say more rare or not. I guess because we're we're right near I-75 here, sure. and I see a lot of traffic, RV traffic going up and down I-75. So we happen to see a lot of RVs. These this type, I think, it's pretty common on that highway. Really, I mean, to, to see that um, this isn't the giant bus type. It's something in between. It's not the the van conversion that we just talked about. This is one where it, it it's kind of seamlessly built into the the uh, the van or truck that it was that it was. Um, Uh, I guess the donor vehicle, really. I see. Um, So there is a donor vehicle involved. It is a truck or a van. However, it's got a much larger um, RV body built on it by the manufacturer. Okay. So a lot of space in that one. There's a lot more room in a Class C, uh, which is, you know, this, this... add-on type thing versus the uh the class b which is really just the van with the extra little space on top right okay uh, okay i'm getting near the end here don't worry oh no no i'm i'm There's... actually i'm in my head i'm imagining living in each one of these okay so <laughs> that's good that's i guess good to do pop-up trailer that's the next one i've got here on my list this one is this is the kind that you'll see towed behind a uh, a truck or a van and typically these are maybe three or four feet high at the most Sure. And these okay. fold out. You see them. They actually get quite large when they uh, when they expand, and they often have soft panels on the side, um, so that you know it expands up and then out in all directions, and well, front and back usually. Mm-hmm. Decent size, you know, camper, enough room for you know three or four people. Not as nice as you know maybe like a a big purpose built, you know, there all the time RV. But uh, sure. the pop up camper is good for a lot of families, and it stores well. It's really small. You can put it, you know, put it in your garage. Park it next to your garage and throw a tarp over it, whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it tows a lot better than you know some of the bigger camper, you know, oh, the, the yeah. flat front end type things. Um, again, they're, they're not very big, so it's, it's nice. Good option. Yeah. Uh, next one, <laughs> truck camper. And this is one that you've probably seen before. It's It's a... A camper that sits right in the bed of a truck.
2: Yes, I've seen those. I was waiting till we to get to this because I actually have a specific question about these. Mm -hmm. You know that uh, the protrusion that comes out over the cab of the
3: truck. Yes, I do. Are there beds in there, or is that just storage? You know, some. I think it depends on the manufacturer, but I I think that oftentimes there'll be a bunk up there that you know lays sideways across that way. Okay. Um, I know that I've seen people. Laying with their, you know, head out that way. If there's a window up there, mm-hmm. um, usually there is, and you know, kind of looking out. That's kind of a cool view, I bet. Yeah, not necessarily safe, but um, no. I bet it's pretty interesting to look at.
2: Well, when I had a, I used to own a pickup truck, and it was it was a it was a nice it was a smaller one, and I really for a while I thought about getting one of those just- on a
3: on a small pickup.
2: I know. That's why I said for a while, because <laughs> okay. it turns out I don't think it, I don't think there's I don't think that there was one that fit. I had a sh- a little Chevy. Mm-hmm. It's like two two seats, you know. And was oh, sure,
3: like an S ten or something like that. Whatever the yeah. model was at the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I don't know. There may be, uh, you know, campers that fit that. I'm just not sure. Yeah, I'm. I'm
2: surely well, there is somewhere. But anyway, yeah, I digress. We, we could look into that later.
3: Okay, last one is a fifth wheel. Uh, fifth wheel. Now this one probably the easiest way to describe this is: Have you ever seen um, a semi trailer with no trailer? Yes. Okay, so it's just you know the the, the cab and then that mm. kind of that flat area in the back. The connection point for a semi trailer is usually like a fifth wheel hitch trailer would be for a pickup truck, for a, for an RV or for a, uh, a camper. Okay. Um it Has kind of a horseshoe shape, and um, the mating. Part of that would be a kingpin that slides into that horseshoe shape, and then there's um, like a grease or a, uh, a lubricant that's used on that on that horseshoe so to allow it to, to pivot. And what that does is it gives a uh, pretty good maneuverability. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you know you have a, a truck or a camper, or rather, a, I'm sorry, a truck or a van that has a, um, a hookup for a fifth wheel, uh, usually they can maneuver that thing pretty good because um, it just seems a little more easy to maneuver than something that's attached to the rear bumper of your vehicle
2: is that the same hookup that's used for uh have you seen those trailers that carry horses or yes. like livestock is it the
3: same kind of hookup yeah usually you'll find because they can carry a lot of weight because the weight okay. uh the, the the kingpin is placed i think it's either just in front of or right over the rear axle and uh, that allows it to carry a lot more weight than if it's on the bumper which is you know way behind the rear axle yeah um so it for weight concerns, you know, if you're carrying a lot of horses and they're huge trailers, usually those horse trailers, um, yeah, that, that's the kind of connection you're looking at. And also, these the RVs that are fifth wheel RVs are really big. Uh, you'll find that you know they're not real short RVs. There wouldn't be right. much purpose in that. Um, these are almost you know like a full size, like nearly the van size mm-hmm. that we're talking about, or rather the um, the bus size, nearly. Um, maybe not as tall, but they're definitely a long RV. Really, I yeah. I
2: guess I could. I could see that because you know. Um, are you familiar with the movie Snatch? No, I'm not. There's this movie by this guy uh, named Guy Ritchie. It's a English gangster movie, and it mm-hmm. deals with these. Uh, some of the characters in this in this film are called uh, travelers, or uh, I believe Irish travelers, and they are a group of people in England who live in what's called caravans or the equivalent of. You know trailers uh, similar to RVs because it sounds like they have the same uh, fifth wheel connection point and they're pulled behind trucks and those things are pretty large. I mean the people live in those.
3: Yeah, they're big. They're I mean if, if it sounds like you're talking about the exact same thing that I'm I'm talking about. Yes. And yeah, I think it's definitely possible to live in a fifth wheel. In fact, I know for sure it is. when I had a neighbor uh, when I lived in Michigan who sold his home bought a huge setup, like a rig. I guess he had done this prior to living in Michigan as well. Uh-huh. Um, he was retired, uh, bought a giant truck, bought a huge fifth-wheel camper, and as far as I know, he's still out on the road somewhere, and this was years ago.
2: Wow. Yeah. Would you ever want to, I uh, usually save that
3: till the end, would you ever want to <laughs> drive around in the snowbird lifestyle? I absolutely would not. Yeah? I, I enjoy being on the road. I really I really like that, and I like traveling, um, but for me... I've always, always had trouble with the trailer. Um, now, if you're talking like a big, maybe big camper that I'm sorry, a big bus type, yeah. that might be a little different. But maneuvering a trailer and just the hassle of having to uncouple everything all the time and find a place to park that and being able to pull through a certain spot or being able to, uh, you know, go to the even to the gas station, sure, uh, where it gets awful crowded sometimes on the highway. Um, for me, far too much frustration. When I moved down here, I had a huge truck. Um, with a trailer with my car, and that was a nightmare. I imagine a nightmare. I, I almost uh, well, never, we'll we'll talk about that later. Is that for another day? Uh, I guess so. I, uh, I I got stuck at a, uh, a restaurant and well, anyways, never mind. okay. Um, for our listeners,
2: we should say that Scott's <laughs> Scott's getting a bit of a, of a dark look on his face. Yeah, it wasn't a good day. Okay, Not we'll we'll day. go past that yep. one. Yep. So those are the classes of trailers. I've, yep. I'm thinking maybe we could do it this way. Tell me how you feel about this. Maybe we can uh, talk a little bit. Just touch on the, the history of RVs in the U.S., and then maybe we can talk about some of the pros and cons of owning an RV.
3: Sure. Do you uh, are you uh, hip to the history of RVs? I've got just a little bit. I've got just oh. a bit. Well, good because that's a little bit more than I have. So, uh, <laughs> so have at it.
2: Well, let's just let's just touch on it broadly. Um, one of at least in the states, and this might not apply in other places where RVs are common. Um, one of the names we usually associate with uh, RVs is the Winnebago, oh, you know, yeah. going back to Winnebago sure. van. Sure, I remember that one. And um, as we know, that was founded in uh, 1958 by a uh, fellow named uh, John Hansen in Iowa. And uh, this, has, uh, continu- this company has, has continued to earn a name, and they're pretty iconic. I mean, when you say Winnebago,
3: people instantly oh yeah you know what i think of i think of those really flat face uh extremely square oh yeah uh, machines but i don't know if that's true anymore right uh
2: that's well we're talking that's that's the future oh we'll, we'll stay here in the Sorry. history yeah. no okay. no we'll stay here for in the history just for a second okay because looking into this it's interesting if you trace it back with rvs because it didn't it didn't by any means start um with mr hansen as innovative as as he was because if you think about it, when you go back, uh, this lifestyle of people living in mobile, you know, vehicles, you know, you could trace it back to even pioneer days,
3: excuse me, and covered wagons. Oh, very good point. Yeah. Um, so the covered wagon trains were kind of like, uh, you know, what we're talking about with RV camping mm-hmm. right now. People headed off to who knows where and they set up camp wherever they can find, right? Yes. Yeah.
2: And a lot of times the uh motivations and certainly the technology differed but the a lot of the day-to-day routines i'm sure uh were similar you go during the day and you pull over at night
3: sure you hook up the electricity you get mm-hmm. your flat screen tv out with your satellite dish mm-hmm. um these are pioneers right yeah, these are the pioneers. Yeah, yeah sure. Because yeah. No, that's, okay.
2: that's how they figure out where yeah. the Pacific was, their <laughs> GPS, right?
3: Yeah, they were watching the Weather Channel to see what was coming in, uh, you know, overnight.
2: Oh, Scott, stuff you missed in history class yeah. is going to be so disappointed in us. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, right. So, but that then, took that far enough. The, then we can even go back, um, well, maybe not back farther uh, but the you also remember the, the old gypsy wagons and horror movies and stuff.
3: Oh yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. The those are called vardos, and it's almost a, a similar idea uh, that we live in in these mobile units. But here's an interesting little tidbit I, I thought you would enjoy. Uh, a lot of people nowadays associate those with very uh, very ancient practice or something, you know. Hmm. But they're relatively recent. The Vardos are, uh-huh. yeah. okay. uh huh, yeah, around the eighteen hundreds, from what I was I was looking into eighteen hundreds in Europe. So, mm-hmm. the the people, the uh, and I'm sure I'm butchering the pronunciation, the Roma or uh, the Rom. I can't remember the correct way to say it. Uh, don't look at me. Okay, all right. I'm I'm not looking yeah. at you. <laughs> yes, uh, you are. I'm looking at the microphone. <laughs> I promise. But uh, these. These people originally uh, didn't start off with these wagons, so we, we've seen this evolution. The RVs not really a new thing, and um, as we said, although the specifics of the technology have changed, the concept hasn't really. And I would argue, and maybe you can you can beat me on this one, but I would argue they still have a lot of the same pros and cons.
3: Hmm, Pros and cons, I, I maybe. Um... I think there's a few that maybe there are a few cons now that maybe weren't around back then. Um, Fuel cost has got to be number one. Oh, touche. Yeah, but yeah, but because I've I've read that these things are you know they're getting like six, maybe some are getting four, six, or eight miles per gallon. Wow, which is ridiculous. But then again, they they hold two hundred gallons of fuel, so the range you know or something like that. Let's say that they hold a ton of fuel, like Uh like a boat almost, you know, where you can take these long journeys. Safely, I guess you have a good range. However, your uh, consumption is really, really high. Um, now that, of course, they didn't have fuel to worry about. Anything. Well, they had livestock. Yeah, sure, they had to yeah. they had to feed the horses and get them uh, sure. or oxes. You know, ox, oxes? <laughs> oxen. They had to feed the oxen uh, to keep them moving. But yeah, with, and I guess maintenance would still be a concern, right? Yeah. That, okay. I mean, now and then.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that's definitely true. What else have you got? I mean, I uh, as far as cons,
3: yeah, cons. Any other cons? Because I mean, I could
2: think of one more, but that's about it. Okay. First, I, I think it's not um, it's not the best idea. This ties into maintenance and fuel, or mm-hmm. I guess transportation power. Um, the problem with living in one thing that moves around is, uh, you know, not just that maintenance is. Necessary, but the maintenance can really sink you. Because if you live in a, um, <clears throat> excuse me, if you live in a neighborhood where you know everybody, and something happens to your house, you can ask your neighbors for help. If you live in an RV and something happens, you have to hope that somebody on the road will help you. Unless you're in an RV park or something. Oh, you're relying on the kindness
3: of strangers, I guess. Yeah, right? Yeah. That makes sense. That makes yeah. Perfect sense. You're what do you got? A, um, well. <laughs> Hails in comparison to that, but I was thinking that uh, you know today now there may be sites or places that you want to go that if you have a camper that's too large it just won't fit. Oh, um, if you yeah. if you have decided to live in um, you know your RV and you're traveling around and you'd like to stay in a certain spot certain location you may not be able to camp there. You may they may not permit you to be there uh, mm-hmm. because of you know low tree overhangs, power power lines, whatever they have mm-hmm. within the facility. You um, may have to find one that's nearby. You may have to, I guess, you may have to settle. Yeah. You uh, may have to, you know, decide that, you know, I can't go there. I'll, I'll go here today and, and stay overnight, um, and then find somewhere else in the morning.
2: You know, honestly, the biggest con to me is the space issues. Mm-hmm. I don't like. I know this sounds weird coming from someone who drives a land boat that is a Monte Carlo, but I, I would really prefer smaller vehicles. I, I go out of my way. You know, if I'm with a group of people, not to be the guy driving the van or the truck or what whatever you have, so I just can't imagine. To me, the idea of retiring to drive a bus is is that's how I equate it. And you know, I don't mean to sound dismissive at all. It's awesome to to have your car be the place where you live. You're on a never-ending road trip, but there, the fact that there are other cars on the road really bugs me.
3: Oh, well. Let me tell you, I totally understand that. I'm a small car guy myself, uh-huh. and if, I mean, if I get into something like a, a four door sedan of some kind, that's huge to me. And um, trying to navigate a bus through city traffic or through, um, you know, what we sit in daily, you know, going home. Oh, sure. Because you know, you'd find yourself in that position at some point. Yeah. Uh, that would be difficult, or, or driving through the mountains, or um, trying to navigate, you know, some switchbacks on you know highway a1a or whatever right um it it would be or i should say on the pacific coastline um that would be difficult i mean i I can't imagine what it would be like trying to to navigate plus you know a lot of times you're towing a vehicle a car along with that um and that's you know so that you have mobility when you get to wherever you're going uh you you can park the van and then take that out to dinner or to you know local sites wherever you're going to go um so yeah I, i think to me might be a little difficult
2: And also, a final point that I'd like to bring up, a lot of the really interesting landmarks in the U.S. don't allow motorized vehicles. So if you wanted to go see uh, parts of Yellowstone or something like that, you would have to, oddly enough, uh, park the the vehicle you were in. Your home. Yeah, park your home, exactly, (laughs) and then go to the visitor center and, you know... Rent a borough? I don't know.
3: Yeah, I guess you would have to do that. Um, that. That gets back to the, you know, the vehicle being too large for some yeah. places to go. Now, if you have a, a smaller vehicle, you might be okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get close enough to, uh, you know, to hike just like anybody else would, I guess. But uh, you're right; you would be restricted. In uh, in some circumstances, for getting you know, from getting to interesting places.
2: Yeah. So, what about the pros? I,
3: I feel like we, we've we've gone pretty we've been pretty hard on RVs. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, it the idea it, it they're pretty cool, really. I mean, it's a neat vehicle. Yeah. And I I like the concept. What what I think is maybe the biggest pro, and uh, I'll be honest, it's the only pro that I have here is the freedom, mm. just the the outright freedom that you have to go and do whatever you want to do. Um, it, you're not tied to one. Place. You don't have you know one one home to go to in a certain state in a certain location. Mm-hmm. Um, not that that's bad. I'm just right. saying that um, you know with a, with an RV you're uh, you're free to go where you want to. That's true. The the horizon. What, what about you? Do you have any? Uh... I do. I have one pro.
2: I don't know how much it applies, mm-hmm. but I think it. I think it's a good point. For some professions, it's actually better to live in an RV than it is to live in. Uh, A house. No, Now hear me out. (laughs) Okay.
3: Uh, I'm I'm dying to know. What are, what are you talking about? Okay.
2: I've only got one, and I will be completely honest with you. It may almost be cheating, but for travel writers, an RV is better than living in a house because... You know, you will always be at work, even if you're just relaxing. And more and more with the evolution of internet technology, we're seeing people who work from a laptop, you know, in Starbucks across the United States. Mm-hmm. And, uh, for people who need to be mobile, um, perhaps they're also traveling, uh, professionals, engineers, uh, things of that nature, then it, it really helps not to be tied down in one place if, there is an RV that comes out that has something close to it, fuel efficiency, which doesn't happen now. I mean, the, the, what, four, what'd you say, four to eight? Miles uh, per a gallon I'm, or so?
3: I'm, it's a wild guess on my oh. part because I, I remember hearing numbers somewhere in the neighborhood of, you know, six miles per gallon, eight oh, okay. miles per gallon for the big ones. Yeah. And uh, it may be a little bit higher now. I'm not sure. But you're talking about a 40, you know, 43-foot long, 400-horsepower mm-hmm. diesel engine. It's a lot of weight, too. And, and this thing is shaped like a bus. It's flat. It's mm-hmm. heavy. Um, it's it's climbing mountains. You know, you're, doing, you're, you're expecting a lot of this thing, or you're even towing another vehicle behind it. Um, I just don't see it getting great gas mileage ever.
2: Right. It's the. I mean, that's we're talking Hummer uh, gas mile numbers right there. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yes. Yeah.
3: Not to pick on Hummer, but you're right. Yeah. yeah that's uh, it's it's extremely low, and it, it has a lot to do with the. You know, we've talked about it so many times. The the weight, mm-hmm. the shape, and the size of the engine, and uh, just you know what you're towing behind it, what you're expecting of the vehicle, and um, they do a good job at what they're built for. Sure. Um, and if you were to lighten them you know, somehow, you know, make a uh, an, an ultralight RV, wow, I, I don't know how that would work. I, I don't the, know if that would work because uh, you probably would, um, you know, with the surface that you're talking about, you probably be blown over on the highway. You know, if a strong wind came left to right or right to left, um, I've heard of empty trucks being blown over before. So if you make it too light, you know, there's a danger there too. Definitely. Well, that
2: you know what that segues very nicely into. One of the last points we should probably talk about, and you really just touched on it here, the future of RVs. Mm. Because I came into this podcast, I really wanted one, I'd done a little bit of research, Mm. um, mainly into my budget, which cannot afford one right now. (laughs) But also into into the problems in defense of Hummer, you know, people who purchase Hummers really are looking for a a power vehicle more than they're looking for a... uh, a place to live oh yeah so well, they're not going
3: to live in a hummer i would think right
2: right yeah. probably not and so <laughs> as a result you know i, I think that manufacturers of hummers manufacture of rvs are uh aiming toward two different markets but man scott i just can't get an rv unless they're i don't know solar powered hydro powered <laughs> hydro powered how good I I, yeah that
3: yeah i don't know a small nuclear reactor yeah yeah um you know I'll be honest. I, I thought about this this question, this because we talked about this beforehand. Yeah. Is there a future for RVs? And I, I think that there still is. But then again, I'm 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 finding myself flip flopping on this back and forth. Okay. Um. And the reason, the big reason that I'm saying no, is that they're pretty darn expensive. Sure. Um. Well, then again, houses are expensive too. Um. And you know, high end vehicle. If you're talking about selling your house and buying this, you know, the trade off might be exactly equal. It might be you know a wash. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're talking you know some of these things are they exceed two hundred thousand dollars for the uh, the, class A's. the the big ones the class a brand new even used some of the, the used ones are two twenty thousand Wow um, you can get a, a class a that's smaller you know like maybe a 30foot class a for sixty thousand dollars or something like that you know that that range Um one that you know maybe already has forty five thousand miles on it or something like that you know used vehicle and also is about seven or eight years old, uh-huh. um, you know so there's a little bit of wear and tear, but you know they're expensive the the fuel cost is high but then you know, the positive side we talked about the freedom, mm-hmm. and I think that you know people if you're talking about rental I think people would rent rvs and go on vacation because that's a relatively cheap vacation for somebody you know, maybe it may cost them less than going to a resort good point and yeah. it gives a family the opportunity to spend time together um on the road there you mm-hmm. know to and from the vacation destination um and when you're there of course you know you're, you're going to be close to the family i guess you everybody's going to be in the same vehicle sure um, which could be go you know good and bad yeah, it could be either way i guess and uh i don't know i just think you know i'm kind of back and forth like i said you know there's Good and bad about this thing. I've got one. This is probably not going to make you up your mind, but it, it's
2: going to flip. It's a flip to your flop. Perhaps. Right, gotcha. Okay. Uh, here we go. Yes, the gas is expensive, right? Mm-hmm. And the entry costs, I agree, are enormous. However, as you said, the entry costs are comparable to those of a house for a, a Class A vehicle. And consider that the gas costs are somewhat offset by not needing to pay utilities and uh, rent. Hmm. Wait, no, rent's not fair because the payment on your on your uh, RV note becomes <laughs> your rent, right? Well,
3: yeah, I guess so, yeah, because you're paying you, – you would be paying much like you would a mortgage. Yeah. Yeah, it would, it would be comparable to that. I mean, if you're talking about a $220,000 RV, yeah, that's most, hefty. most people are not going to pay cash for that up front. They're going to ha- put a down payment on this and, and hmm. pay – for I would guess, you know, I'm and again I'm guessing sure. 20, 20 years. Yeah, I, I could would see think. That. I mean, to make it affordable, if you want to, you know, really go out all out, I guess you would, uh, you know, make it a much smaller payment or a bigger payment, smaller time frame.
2: Yeah, I don't know if
3: I'm ready to buy an RV. Yeah. Yet, well, Scott. that's we're talking extreme. You could sure. probably get a cheaper one.
2: So okay, I don't know, man. What do you think? I think we've taken a pretty good look at RVs.
3: Yeah, I think uh, I think we covered it pretty good.
2: There. You know what though. We could always ask for a listener mail about living in an RV,
3: perhaps. Well, oh, sure, yeah, because um, you and I, we don't have any experience of actually doing it. We've just read about it, kind of investigated a little bit, and uh, have our theories, but it's always good to hear from somebody that actually does this or maybe even if it's just a weekend, not, not necessarily somebody who lives full-time in an RV, but you know, that would be nice to hear from them too.
2: Yeah, that's a great point. So to our listeners, thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed it. If you have lived in an RV or uh, spent some time in one, please do send us an email telling us about it at highspeedstuffathowstuffworks.com.
0: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com.
4: And be sure to check out the new High Speed Stuff blog, now on the Works homepage.
0: You're a growing business
3: slash compatibility.